Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Make the Day Awesome podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Luther, and today we are joined by an amazing and influential special guest, Stacy Rasky. Stacy, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, go ahead and just share with our audience a little bit about um, who, it, who you are and what you do. Um, and then we'll get into the life story and share with them everything that you've learned over the years. Sounds like a great plan. Um, yeah, as Joshua said, I'm Stacy Rasky, and I am a, a best-selling author, speaker, podcast host, uh, Iraq War veteran, badass biker chick, leadership mentor, and founder of the Influential Leadership Mastermind. I uh, lovingly say I empower revolutionary leaders to shatter the invisible ceiling and effortlessly elevate their lifestyle leadership and legacy while enjoying the ride. Wow, that's that's powerful. Shattering, shattering that ceiling and effortlessly, right? Yeah. Dude, now, effort. I, I mean, I talk about effortless success all the time, but effortless success still requires effort. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions about that. The key to stepping into that space where that is how, how you are being as a person and as a leader where things feel effortless is we're still doing the work. We're just focusing on the right things that now allow our success to be easy. And we break the sabotage after success cycles, which a lot of us high performers do. Yeah. So it always hasn't been this way though, right? You, uh, <laughs> no. You've had quite the journey. Uh, I've gotten to know you a little bit better over the last six months that I've been a part of Apex that you're a part of as well. Um, and you're, you hosted your first event um, in November last month. Yeah. yeah last it was month. in November. And that was just an amazing moment to get to know your crew and your family of choice and, uh, all the people that you are impacting. Thank and you. so, so let's get into a little bit of the backstory. Where did Stacy come from? <laughs> Where didn't I come from? I've lived so many places. A lot of people are surprised. You know, they don't always, we don't always get to talk about that part. You know, I'm originally from the suburbs, the south suburbs of Chicago. Okay. So, you know, I mean, legit, I am a Midwest girl. And a lot of my family, um, you know, it's, it's still kind of home for a lot of my family, even though we've all kind of dispersed. Then I moved from there to Alaska. And I graduated from North Pole High School in nice. Alaska. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. It's so funny. Um, my, my mom ended up in Utah and had some emergency health issues and things like that. So when I went to visit her during that time, I fell in love with Salt Lake City and just thought okay. it was amazing. So I was in Salt Lake City for a few years before I joined the Army and then join the army. And then you're kind of a little bit of everywhere, you know? So, because I joined at the beginning of 2001, the irony of it, I was active okay. duty at the beginning of 01 and obviously 9-11 happened and we were just deployed a lot and very busy because I did biological warfare detection. So my first wow. deployment was actually to the Pentagon to clean up anthrax after 9-11. So yeah, we were busy. And then we were on the front lines when we invaded Iraq in 03. That is a pretty badass role. 
bio you said biological warfare detection detection yeah. yeah chemical and biological warfare detection but we were in the army's only active duty dedicated active duty biological warfare detection unit so nice yeah so that's that's a wild ride so what happened after the military so um i got hurt when i was in iraq so um my hubby and i were both medically discharged at different times so when we got out we moved to be near his family um in pennsylvania so south of pittsburgh pittsburgh we were living there for the last 15 16 years um we were there until we moved to florida last year we've been down here in florida now for like a year and a half which has been amazing because it was always the plan it was be near family while our son's growing up and all of that and then it was moved back down south because we loved it because i loved when we were stationed in in louisiana we loved the people and the food and being down south and so yeah Dude, I love I love Florida life. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm East Coast over here in uh, St. Lucie area, and I know you're over there in the Gulf Coast area. Um, West Coast, yeah, yeah. Florida. Mm-hmm. Two different Gulf. worlds. Very different. That's what I think is funny. That's what I love about Florida is in one state you can have the two extremes of the East Coast and the West Coast vibe, and have it be peppered in with this beautiful um caribbean flair yeah you know because there's just you know we're subtropical yeah so you know it's it's just all of that it's just amazing and all within a short distance and and not only east coast west coast you have south florida you have central florida you have north florida you have panhandle florida (laughs) there's so many different um regions if you will to it and every region is unique. It is. And I don't think enough people even realize that there's two time zones in this state. Right. When you get up into the panhandle area and whatnot. I had to check yep. when I when I came over there. I was like, do I need to change my clock? Because I know like Destin, I think Destin's on the line. And that's like right in the bend of Florida. But um, well, enough about that. So being the influential CEO, it, it this journey hasn't been easy to find yourself. Mm-mm. So what, what was the biggest adversity you faced coming through this journey? Like what was the, what was the story of what took you to the point that you um, said enough is enough and you turned, made the turn? Ooh, the rock bottom moment story. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So the it was really interesting because it was right at the end of 2014. And there was no one thing that led up to the moment, but it was a moment. It was really a lifetime of giving my power away to external things, growing up in a house with no boundaries, no safety, no stability, a lot of you know, trauma and alcoholism and abuse, physical and non-physical violence, just all these different things. Um, You know, I started wearing the mask of who I should be. I mean, really at six years old, you know, I remember that shift happening. So I lacked a lot of esteem, put a lot on performance and achievement. And so I ended up getting out of the military and building this life of shoulds. I mean, I building the American dream became my prison and doing the corporate job and, and focusing on all these things 
what was happening is internally, I was becoming more and more and more out of control. And so my unhealthy coping was a trying to control all this other stuff outside of me, people, things worrying about all this stuff that I didn't have control over while at the same time, self-medicating to cope with this this emotional constipation, <laughs> which, you know, so I was numbing out with everything, food, drugs, alcohol, um, medication, social media, television. I mean, even at my worst self-harm, just anything to change how I was feeling in the moment. And there was this moment, this one evening between literally almost exactly to this date, 2014, because it was that week between Christmas and New Year's that I was standing in my kitchen, just bawling my eyes out in this emotional overwhelm and this internal chaos and disappointment that I was pulling food out of the cabinet, just shoving it in my face, chasing it down with a bottle of booze. When I stopped for a moment and asked this, this question, like, what the hell am I doing? And what was crazy was it was the first time in probably decades that physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, I was actually aligned enough to receive the answer. And it was a big bitch slap to me because I think that was that moment that spirit says like, um, you hate yourself. That's what you're doing is you're trying to make yourself look, look as ugly on the outside as you feel on the inside because you hate yourself. It was like, damn. And so needless to say, the initial response was, and I'm done. So, you know, stepping into that place of feeling suicidal, but think gratefully, thankfully, um, you know, I passed out, but it was earth shattering enough for me that the next day I woke up and I was like, nope, I'm done. I am completely done. I am throwing in the towel, not on me or my life, but I'm throwing in the towel on trying to control anything other than myself. And that was the catalyst. And at the beginning of 2015, I started making the changes. And literally that year, I lost hundred pounds, got off all my medications, um, started a business, started transforming my life and, and my marriage. And I'd already lost my corporate career because of being in that place. You know, it was yep. the PTSD, it was the depression, the anxiety, all of those symptoms of this severe lack of relationship with myself. It was the ultimate disconnect was I had no idea who I was or what I wanted or, you know, but I felt this wealth of untapped power and potential, this purpose calling me for something greater. And it's been a hell of a ride since. So you said you started that business in 2015. Was that the influential, coaching. the coaching? Mm -hmm. What was your me, primary me coaching? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. What was your primary focus in that area? So it's funny. So like my new company, so I have two, two companies and two businesses now that focus on, um, you know, what I, what I do, I've kind of split my brands, but at the time my initial coaching was actually, um, health coaching because I lost so much weight, I was like, oh, that's an easy sell. But I realized very quickly that people's relationship with food and, and losing weight loss was not my zone of genius or it didn't light me up. Very quickly, I realized it was doing all the inner work. 
It was really working through creating boundaries, letting go of control, taking control of themselves, alleviating the overthinking and the perfection and all of that stuff um, and building that relationship with themselves. And over time, as I have grown and evolved as a coach, a mentor and a leader, it was just um, inevitable that over time, how I am of highest service to those around me would also evolve. So this latest iteration of what I do is it's still the same thing in terms of doing the inner work. Now it's for leaders to elevate their leadership, their lifestyle, their legacy. Because those that I, I've found are the people that really light me up because they're impact driven, they're purpose driven. You know, they're here to do big, amazing things in the world. And that's how I can create a bigger impact in the world is by elevating leaders, being a leader for leaders, impacting those who are called to impact the world. Like that's one hell of a uh, ripple effect. Yeah, it is. And we, we've talked about the ripple effect on this show before and how much the smallest um, action can affect greatly the lives and the people around you. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what do they say? The uh, butterfly flapping its wings in the Amazon can start a tornado in Kansas. Exactly. <laughs> so now we are working with high performing leaders and coaches or leaders and business owners and people who are impact driven. Right. What is the biggest lesson that you've learned along this journey? So it's interesting because ultimately the, the details are different for everyone, but the symptoms are always the same, right? We're not alone in this journey. Everyone at every level is dealing with the control issues, is dealing with the imposter syndrome, is dealing with navigating the emotional space associated with leading a team and delegating more and all of that. And so it's, it is basically stepping into the next level of leadership, the next level of impact, the next level of external success that we desire to create in the world means the next layer down internally, we need to go in doing that inner work. And 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 that that's the space that I play in. (laughs) No, and I totally vibe with that because even along my journey, and just a little to relate here, um, I found that my biggest setback has always come down to fear. Mm-hmm. Fear of letting go, fear of admitting to what is wrong, fear of the changes that are going to come from it, just the unexpected. And that fear is, not, is still a surface emotion hiding the root underneath it, which is really that limiting belief of, am I good enough, worthy and deserving of the success and impact I desire? And more so the discomfort of truly stepping into our power, owning it and shining brightly, right? Just like the Marianne Williamson quote, right? It's not the the fear, the, the deeper fear is truly owning our power and shining brightly, stepping into our greatness. Yeah. 
Yeah. And we can't let that, we can't let the, the baggage that we carry through our life affect us. And no. six months ago, I, I wouldn't share my story. I wouldn't share anything going on in my life. Um, and it's just amazing when people, when we start to open up, um, watching you open up, watching other people open up, allowed me to open up and start building those trustful relationships that, um, I've developed over the last six months. And to say it's a blessing to be inspired and educated by people such as yourself is absolutely second to none. And even like your event in November was, I mean, you were there, you saw it all. It was an emotional moment. And you had a powerful breakthrough. We, but we can't, we can't hold back those emotional moments no, we have to have them we do and it's scary that is that is what's interesting is because you know we're talking about stepping into our power and our greatness and shining brightly to do that means being okay with feeling our emotions right um you know embracing the suck or feeling the burn as michelle fuller says right it is sitting in that space and being okay, right? As, especially as high performers, we are great at alleviating discomfort. Everything that we do, all of those control issues, right? Stepping in and taking action are all to alleviate our own discomfort, basically self-soothe. <laughs> Whether it is food or alcohol or action, it doesn't matter. It's still all about alleviating discomfort. And the discomfort is not about the front end for high performers, right? It's, it's okay. Tell me what I need to do. I'll go do it. Right. Give me that challenge. I'll go do it and make some big stuff happen. The real discomfort comes on the other side of it. When you have, you've gotten to the goal, you made it happen. Now you're sitting in the result of it. That's the extended discomfort of, oh, I just got what I wanted. That is the big piece that everyone avoids sitting in, right? They don't celebrate the success and sit in the discomfort of the expansion that just happened. They're just on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. And literally what we're talking about is highlighting consistently what feeds the invisible ceiling. The plateau that says, oh, I can only have massive success in certain areas of my life. You know, I can have business is awesome and money is great, but my marriage sucks. My health is in shambles, right? Like, or just some variation thereof, or that I am not giving myself permission to truly be, do, and have it all. So I'm just, I can have it all, but only to a certain point. And so we have those limits on our income, limits on, you know, the scale, limits on the amount of joy and connection we allow ourselves to experience. And everything is on the other side of emotional availability. That's what it means to be influential, right? This is next level influence in the world as a leader, is it's a balance of both our masculine and feminine energy, right? Alpha, naturally alpha leader type people such as ourselves, we have a high level of sensitivity 
and a, a high sensation seeking. So it's high empathy, high drive. Most of the time we learn to kind of push the empathy to the side because it causes trouble or, you know, <laughs> we live in a society that doesn't support the uh, being all in the fields. So we lean on the action to take control because we have these internal walls when we lack the boundaries, when we lack the internal safety to say, it's okay to feel. It's okay to be emotionally available for what we desire, especially as leaders to lead the team to step into their greatness, to lead leaders. Yeah, We've got to be emotionally available for that. And I, and I think we've done, or in society, I think we have shut off our emotions to a point that nobody feels that they can feel their emotions anymore. No, they, and, and they become and so numb with social media and the 10 second video clip and endless scrolling and whatnot. And that's why we're in instant gratification because no one wants to sit in feeling discomfort. No. Right. Because if I sit and am present with myself long enough to know what I'm thinking and feeling in this relationship with me, then I might have to truly face and accept the fact that, wow, maybe I really don't like myself, which then leads to the opportunity to do some massive work on ourselves. But that's not how most people function. It's let's just keep self-medicating in some form or another distracting ourselves with unhealthy relationships, taking the medication that's prescribed, going down the scroll hole, like you said, right? Let's watch the 15 second clips because that's about all we got the attention span for. You know, you, you said something uh, and, and to turn it into more of a positive note about sitting in our fields and whatnot, but um, you had previously spoke at an Apex event. And I remember you distinctly talking about um, you had to stop for a second and realize, hey, I just need to sit here and absorb this after you spoke. And it's funny because I, and here's the relatable side. Um, I just started doing yoga, right? And um, it was 45 minutes and like literally the last five minutes, she was just like, lay there, wide open, palms up to the sky. And I'm just like, like my first reaction was like, hold up, I'm going to lay here for five minutes. And now that I've been doing it a few times, it's like, it really is like that stillness that we don't have in life. That in, really... in truly being open to receive. Yeah. So you talk a lot about boundaries setting boundaries. Yep. Do you care to enlighten us a little bit on your boundary setting methods? So, you know, the biggest thing I always talk about is how most people approach boundaries incorrectly. You know, they think, oh, well, you need to set boundaries in your relationship with your significant other or with your kids or, um, you know, at work. But every single one of those relationships is just a mirror reflection of the relationship with yourself and where you lack boundaries with you. How can you expect your kids or your partner or your boss to respect you if you don't respect yourself? 
You're never going to respect time or money or your body or energy, your energy and emotion, right? Because those are amazing resources. Very much so. You're not going to respect those things if you don't respect yourself. So ultimately, I approach boundaries from the, the standpoint of what boundaries do you need in your relationship with you. And boundaries are very simple. It's just responsibility, right? What's within your control and letting go of all the stuff that's not within your control. But then that means also taking responsibility for our thoughts and our feelings, (laughs) right? Our actions in a world that is all about not taking responsibility. This is facts. And in the simplest form, you know, this is about self-parenting your inner child because your inner child's the one that wants the instant gratification of the tub of ice cream or the scroll hole and the 50 second kitten or, you know, or puppy on the back of a chicken video or whatever it is, right? Like whatever it is in that moment of distraction is that inner child. And we get to be the parent to say, no, no, (laughs) we're working on our goals right now and create that structure. And, And the power of boundaries is about creating internal safety. And the reason this is so important and boundaries are so important is this is the empowered masculine energy that we need to open up our heart and be emotionally available for everything that we desire. That emotional availability, that's that feminine energy, but we can't have this open free flow of empathy and emotion, creativity and strength and authenticity and vulnerability without the safety of this masculine energy and those boundaries. And so that's the balance. That's how we become influential. We have this balance. People tell me all the time, they're like, you're kind of um, messing with me, right? They're like, how are you so stoic and chill? Which I'm not in my head, (laughs) But, but they're like, you know, speaking at that event, right? I'm on stage, tech was not working. And everybody's like, man, you just rolled with it. It did not phase you an ounce. And they're like, I know a ton of people who would have been up there and just had a total meltdown, you know, because that's that I'm anchored in, in that place of emotional self-mastery because I have that internal safety. And then somebody else said to me, you know, you're a really amazingly empowered woman without being a feminist right and and it was just such a beautiful compliment to project an energy of i'm just an empowered person i I because it's a balance i could totally vibe that i get that like in even like my wife's going through your program as we speak Mm -hmm. and just I, I mean Stacy it's it's absolutely amazing but I want okay I want to jump back here because we got to spend some time together um the four of us so it was me you my wife me my wife you and another friend of ours and we got to go to Universal for a day and when you started talking about 
um, the inner child there, it just, it just reminded me of that moment and how we literally cut loose and we're just four 15 year olds in a park running around all day without our parents around. Hashtag ice cream before lunch. (laughs) Right. I'd say like 12. (laughs) Okay. 12. A bunch of 12 year olds, right? Cause it was so, so just, just pure radiant joy. It was just beautiful seeing everyone functioning in this space of accessing their inner child so freely because it felt so safe and it was so much fun. It did. It was definitely a moment of joy and or a day of full of it. And mm-hmm. like a lot of lessons were learned that day on my part, but I, I feel like all too often we forget about that inner child or we hide who we were as that child or who we needed. And we need to learn to accept that and let that child out to let Mm -hmm. them grow up. So true. So true. We do, right? All of those inner worthiness wounds are those parts of our inner child that are stunted when we experience some hurt, rejection, uh, trauma, whatever in our life. And the more we keep that locked away and pushed to the side, the more that creeps up as sabotage the more that creeps up as that, those, um, invisible ceilings, those plateaus in our, in our income, in our health, in our relationships, in our impact, all of those plateaus go back to those deep inner worthiness wounds of our inner child. And we do, we basically have to raise our inner child and and heal those parts of ourselves. And, you know, being able to be the leader we're called to be truly is an inside job. 80% of the work is internal. And most people focus 80% of their effort on the external strategies and stuff. And then they wonder why they're not in that exponential part of the growth curve. Yeah. Yep. I think, I think looking back at 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 what I've learned over the years, like even my dad is a prime example is that he didn't, he didn't understand what was going on. And now I see through learning from you a lot of the things that he faced and how they affected him. And when he shut down, like he shut down. And I think that's where he went was back to that child state that, and he didn't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. so what is what is next on the journey i know you have an event coming up here yeah. and you have a lineup of absolutely amazing speakers including yeah. yourself <laughs> i you know i'm just there i'm not it's funny i mean yes i'm speaking but um you know this is one where it's 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 highlighting everyone's genius at this event and really curating something that is as you as you experienced right this experiential event mm-hmm. and now we've got two days all day you just had a one day event really i mean <laughs> yep but two days of this powerful experience to quickly create those results that we desire to quickly shatter that invisible ceiling and really elevate our leadership. So it is the influential impact 
leadership event, February 18th and 19th here in Tampa. So if you're anywhere that's cold, come to Florida yes. in February. It'll be amazing. Um, and it is, this is this powerful lineup and, and there's so many experts and speakers and facilitators that they have these amazing life lessons to share in their own journeys, or they're an expert in a specific type of a modality that they're going to walk people through doing. And again, create these powerful breakthroughs to really launch 2022 to be in that exponential growth curve. So hidden real quick on 2022, because we've been talking a lot about it and this podcast is going to go on air pretty quickly, um, actually probably before the new year, but um, I, I've been talking a lot and sharing a lot about the whole new year. New, new, wow, that worked out real, well for me. Uh, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> the whole new year, new me mode, uh, methods and yeah how I don't really do New Year's resolutions or I don't mm -mm. do it's not even not really I don't do New Year's resolutions because they're garbage but this whole week we've been talking about um doing the work setting a vision goals um acting as if nothing can stop you or nothing's in your way um trying to recall what else I know there's been a couple other ones because we started it on the 15th but what is the biggest piece of advice that you could share with people going into this new year to help them find a little bit more of themselves and free themselves? Right, exactly. So no matter what the external goal is, doesn't matter what it is, there's always something internal that you can focus on to shift and help you create every single one of those external goals. That's the big thing. That's the big magic. You know, that's kind of what we've been talking about, right? You 80% of your results are generated by this 20% of you focusing on this inner piece. So what is that one thing that you can do that, you know, will affect every single one of those outcomes. So for me, if anybody resonates with me or my story or how I kind of approach things, if you're that high performer, kind of alpha type A personality, focusing your energy in taking control of what you actually have control over, which is you. So the more time, energy, attention, money you invest in you. So I'm talking routines. You know, I like meditation, exercise, uh, journaling, gratitudes, wins and successes, um, you know, celebrating all of those things, um, investing in, you know, planning your day. What's your intention? Quarterly goals, breaking things down simply on those things that you can do for you. I mean, even just one thing every day for you creates a powerful cascade that allows you to get all the rest of the stuff because we can't show up and make the money if we're not showing up for ourselves we can't show up and get the the, the body goals and the health goals if we're not showing up for ourselves to create the discipline and the follow-through with the boundaries 
to meal prep and plan, to get to the gym, you know, to, to plan our goals and, and make the, the money or the impact that we're called to make. Goal setting is huge and living with intention, but more so being in control of ourselves is huge. I, um, I relate to it in cruise control, right? Operating in cruise control. But Stacy, it has been an amazing conversation with you and so much share going on. Um, where do where does everybody find you? So the central hub for all things Stacy Rasky is yeah. stacyrasky.com. <laughs> I have my influential app. So whatever your favorite device is, just search influential and download the app app because that is such a great central hub as well. And then of course we talked about the event that is a VIP Stacy.com slash impact. Beautiful. We'll make sure to put those links in the bio for the, for the episode as well. Stacy, is there any other words that you want to share with our audience before you go? Um, absolutely. I mean, for, for any of you who are, ha, are called to a higher purpose and are impact driven, always remember that you must be able to lead yourself before you can lead a revolution. Beautiful. And always remember, make the day awesome, guys. Thank you, Stacy. You're welcome. Thank you.